0: Hello and welcome to 19 Hits the Dragon, the tabletop RPG discussion and interview podcast. Uh, it's your host, Mike Daniel, uh, and today I'm being joined by a very special guest um, and friend of the show, Kate from of M- Mice and Men and Monsters. Kate, how are you?
1: Oh, good. I had a hard time not chiming into the, the theme music at the beginning. I just wanted to like, <laughs> it's, it's <a laughs> see a jam, my air for guitar sure. and drums yeah. with all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, awesome. Mike.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, really glad to uh, to get to chat with you today. I've been a fan of y'all's show for for a while, so glad that we got to finally uh, connect here. So why don't you, though, tell uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself and who, who you are
1: sure yeah i'm kate and i am the dungeon master we we call it master teacher over at of mice and men and monsters podcast why because by day i am a high school english teacher and then at night i do the you know the dipping your toe into podcasting and and dungeon mastering so where that combines specifically for of mice and men and monsters is that we take uh literature classic literature so that it is in public domain and we throw it into a homebrew world uh, meant for Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, and see what chaos ensues in some already well-known stories. So yeah, that's, awesome. a, that's a little bit about me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: and uh, it's a it's a great show, great time. As a uh, literature nerd myself, it was uh, really great to uh, to find the show, and it's been awesome to listen along as you're going into all of these stories that I'm very familiar with, with these, these classic, you know, literature pieces, but done in a new and, and interesting way or told, you know, telling the story in a new and interesting way. So it's been, yeah, been really Hopefully great.
1: interesting enough that maybe it would make you want to read it. Uh, definitely yeah. would make you want to read it if you were in my classroom, but like back, <laughs> some of these stories is like, Oh yeah, I was supposed to. And mm-hmm. uh, even I, the English nerd teacher, remember like avoiding reading this story. So let's mm-hmm. spice it up. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think you've done a really great job of making these stories accessible to a new audience. Uh, people that might not be necessarily into literature are going to be uh, maybe a little bit into D&D and hear the stories and go, oh, yeah, OK, that's that's interesting. Let me kind of dig into that a little bit deeper because that that hits on these things that I, I like. So, um, yeah.
2: Cool, cool. Yeah. And
0: yeah, speaking of, I mean, you. I think you've done a really awesome job of finding ways to turn these existing stories into um, a game, something that is kind of a collaborative story piece, you know, with uh, the rest of the, the players as well, but still very much ringing true to the um, the source text, the source material. Um, so, yeah, I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit on on how how you do that. So I think pick it's away something that.
2: Friend. Yeah,
0: excellent. <laughs> I think it's something that a lot of uh, DMs and GMs of various games, you know, come in uh, into contact with or a principle that they do anyway, right? You see something on a movie or you read a book or a comic and you're like, oh, cool. I want to incorporate that into my D&D game uh, that I play, you know, on the weekend with my friends. And and how do you how do you do that (laughs) and then make it, you know, still feel like the same uh, same story?
1: Uh, um, so- sometimes, sometimes I feel like I'm, I totally fail at that. Uh, <laughs> there, there are times when we are, uh, you know, tiptoeing our way through this and I'm like, ah, we are going off the rails already. But you know mm-hmm. what, I have to, you know, give us the chance to be like, we're still, that is D- D&D, that that is tabletop role playing games. In, in essence, it's like you are collaboratively telling a story. So you have to let yourselves sometimes go off the rails in a way where it's like well we're in a different genre you know this was, <laughs> this was meant to be a fun story and now it's horrific but perhaps <laughs> that that, that's exactly what we need yeah
0: yeah definitely um and that i mean that's one of my my questions for you actually is like you know the uh, the pieces that you're drawing from they have a set plot i mean if, I don't want to say everybody knows, but a lot of people are familiar with the, the stories that are being told. Like, you know, you start off with Frankenstein, you guys did like Moby Dick and um, a, a bunch of other classic uh, literature mm-hmm. pieces that are the, the story is pretty well known. What were maybe some of the the key elements that you wanted to uh, to take away from those pieces? Or how do you go about like figuring out what those those things are to uh, to then reflect into the game?
1: Right. I, I think when when I'm planning it, I, I figure out, first of all, what is the existing genre of the piece? You know, it, hmm. it, where where did that author um, take that story? Because, yeah, when, when we're reading literature or we're, even when we're watching film and TV, it's like that's a preset story. Um, the screenwriter, the author already had like a direction in mind and they went that way and we fell in love with it or we hated it. You know, we reacted some way. And so now when Mm -hmm. we bring it to our own table, it's like what, if we were to make it our own, what would we want to individualize about it? So I would first figure out what is the what's the genre of it and then do I want to stay in that genre and if not then what are the particular elements that I could twist so if it's say in Frankenstein you know we have a gothic Mm -hmm. horror novel but perhaps I wanted to bring some levity to it or um make it more comedic then what are the elements that make it horrific that we can change so is it you know the setting um you know Mm -hmm. Frankenstein is told through a series of letters and journal entries, um, that are all taking place actually on a, on a boat. And this guy's like, mm-hmm. Hey, Margaret, my dear sister, like you, <laughs> you won't <laughs> believe this crazy shit that happened to this. me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's <laughs> like, just choose one of the settings then, and then stick to that. So I, I mm-hmm. would, yeah. So find the The tone of the genre and then what's one of the settings what's one of the scenes or chapters or um you know places that you come back to over and over again in the in the novel or the short story or the poem and then keep it there keep it more self-contained as opposed to an open world it's very Mm -hmm. hard to do something more of a sandbox choose your own adventure based Mm -hmm. off of a piece of literature you can do it but it's super hard uh so you know in this case it's like all right i'm just choosing like basically his laboratory where he did his work um for mm. moby dick it's like i know there's a lot more than just on the ship but we're just gonna stay on the ship uh right. we did count of monte cristo so it's like that that is a very long work but i'm just mm. going to choose one of the settings the the specific prison it takes place in and then that allows you to rein in uh your characters, it allows you to rein in and and give your players actually more freedom because then they don't feel so spread out. Uh, so the, yeah, so it's the genre, then the setting, and then the third thing that I would do is like, all right, what are who are some memorable characters that I would want to bring in, mm, and then mm. how can I create you know memorable NPCs then that would interact well with my my player characters. And I would choose just a few. That's mm-hmm. sometimes very hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, man, there there are so many crazy characters. We did Oliver Twist uh, mm-hmm. recently. And it's like, okay, there are so many cool kids in this, um, possible heroes, really crappy villains. So it's like, all right, let's narrow mm-hmm. it down. What's one villain, you know, one sidekick, one like adult that's worth, uh, you know, helping the kids in that and then go with that. So Uh, you don't want to have so many characters from the work that it drowns out your own player characters. So, you know, Mm -hmm. once again, just planning out, like, who do I want to highlight and just go with less is more. Um, So those those are the big three steps that I would typically go through when just starting to set up uh, an adventure in an existing domain. Mm -hmm. an existing story which is you know the genre the setting and then which characters i want to highlight and have my own players interact with
0: awesome so it sounds like really figuring out who are who and what are the kind of familiar and key elements that your players are going to recognize and you know with with you guys it's it's a podcast as well so it's the the Mm -hmm. audience will recognize too and Start with that as kind of your building blocks for building up the adventure, it sounds like.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then from there, you can go crazy. From there, it's like you can (laughs) figure out what you want to change and and give uh, really your your own players more autonomy in the world still.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. For sure, and um, you know, kind of following the same same theme as we talked about, like or you mentioned the players kind of going cra- going crazy. You want to give them autonomy as well. How um, how do you as a GM try to maybe not keep it on rails, so to speak, but making sure that you're guiding the story in such a way that you are at least trying to stay true to the source material. I. I,
1: I... I've heard it called many things, but I I tend to refer to it as like modular planning, which is very similar to how I lesson plan actually. So it worked well as a teacher. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's definitely a a
0: lot of crossover between being a teacher and being a Dungeon Master for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So herding cats really. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) you kind of have this end goal in mind, right? It's like, you know, during this session I want them to get to this room or I want them to discover this piece of information or Mm -hmm. I I really want them to have this um, interaction with this one character and it might end up in combat or it just might. They might end up Mm -hmm. seducing them. I have no idea what my (laughs) guys are going to do. And so it's kind of like, you know, you have this end game and you've you've built, you know, lots of options for them. But it's just like at the end of the day, though, they can choose to go in door one, two or three, no matter which door Mm -hmm. they choose. It's going to incorporate that necessary elements, you know, to carry the story forward. Um, and it will still have like some surprise elements that they'll get a kick out of that they have total free choice with. Um, Mm -hmm. but they're still going to get to that next like plot point. Um, you know, you, you, you have in, in English, you teach, uh, you know, like the, the plot diagram, you know, with Mm -hmm. your exposition rising action and so on. And so you, you want to model, I, I try to model them after, how a plot diagram would go, which is, you know, you want your first one to two episodes to be about setting exposition, then to Mm -hmm. create rising action, to lead them to the climax and the falling action. And then the denouement or the, you know, the closing of it. And so if, if you already have a mind, they can do what they want and I'm just going to make sure to throw it at them. Like they're going to meet the big bad at this point point then it doesn't matter if they're in the kitchen, they're in the library, they're in the garden, the big bad's going to be waiting for them. And so that way they can choose where they want to go and have some cool side adventures, but they're still meeting these plot points that are actually going to render the greatest amount of enjoyment for them. And then the audience listening as well.
0: Excellent. So um, yeah, I I love that idea of like modular planning. I think, I, I don't know that I had referred to it um, that way myself, but very much that's kind of how I tend to do things a lot of the times as well.' It's like right. I know who the the villain is. I know what some of the other key like factions are that are going on. and regardless of how the party goes through this space or you know this uh, event that's that's unfurling in front of them, you know I know that these these are the things that are gonna come up at certain points throughout there. So I just need to make sure that those are those are the characters that they're running into. And and I, I think also as well, like if you you know, you find that the party is maybe like fixating on an NPC that you you hadn't planned, well, yeah. guess what? They've got the information that, exactly. that they need, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and that happens so often. There there are a lot of uh you know jokes out there about how you you create just a meaningless npc and or you mm-hmm. just mention something it's like there's a chair in the room and they fixate on it and so right. you're like, you know what i'm going to i'm going to reward you for that we we <laughs> recently had uh in a recent uh, recording that we had it was for the great gatsby we're in the middle of that right now mm-hmm. and they are you know hot on the trails of of just infiltrating an enemy group that they have been working against, um, the -hmm. spotted hand. And, uh, they, they, you know, one of them was like really deep undercover way in over his head. And he, he was asked by the leader, you know, what's the passcode. And I, I had like several things in mind, but Mm -hmm. he actually went back into his, his notes Good note taking, and like mm. pulled something out um, that was from uh, one of our Oliver Twist uh, adventure. That mm, nice. was something that I planted. Didn't think too much of. It was just mm-hmm. a line from the novel I really liked. And <laughs> he tried that. I'm like, you know what? Yes, that is the passcode. Like th- this is this is perfect. It fits mm-hmm. still. I don't have to like hold so tightly onto some preconceived notion of what it's going to end up as. Mm-hmm. And it was a really fun moment just for them to celebrate and mean <laughs> have that like, oh, my God, I did it. Uh, yeah. So it, it was just great to have like several options at the ready mm-hmm. and then just go with it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it's always hilarious when players are like, oh, yeah, we figured it out. We solved the riddle yeah. or solved the puzzle. And you're just like, yeah, totally. That was definitely the solution that I had in mind Yeah, you <laughs> all came up with.
2: Yeah.
0: Always a great time. Um, Yeah. So I guess can uh, we talk a bit about some like specific examples here? I know you mentioned um, like with Frankenstein, you're wanting to pick apart a few specific like the location and kind of the NPCs you put Bobby Dick on the ship. Um, Any other, I guess, examples of ways that you have pulled from uh, Mm -hmm. other pieces of literature to fit into the stories you've told?
1: Yes. So right now we're in Great Gatsby. And once again, Mm -hmm. even though it's a shorter work, it's still like I, I could take them all over the place, but it's like, we're just keeping to what if you mm-hmm. were at one of Gatsby's parties? Boom. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, we, I did uh, Robert Pyle's um, adventures of Robin hood. And so it's just like, it's, it's the tournament. So we're going to have a tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we did a count of Monte Cristo. And like I mentioned earlier, and it's like, let's just make mm-hmm. it a jailbreak. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. So with, um, with Oliver Twist, we did just a heist, you know, just make it like stealing from one of the locations mentioned in the book um, specifically in um, that, that would have the most relation to our characters. And it was cool because that was one of the stories that I had uh, one of our players state as her background. So each of my Mm -hmm. players I asked coming into this, and this also helps kind of like a a retcon here for our for our conversation. Uh, one thing I liked doing was when my when my players were creating their characters, I asked them just on the side, "What is a piece of classic literature that you would like your character to be related to?" Um, mm, and so nice. in this case, she had created a, a street urchin mm-hmm. character who you know, it, it would really fit in, you know, with a thief background and she wanted it to be like she was one of the kids that was um, under the control of Fagin who, <laughs> okay, yeah. um, who was related to Oliver, you know, related to the story of Oliver Twist. I'm like, great. So then we can make this very character heavy and focus heavily on you. So each of my uh, players for this have a piece of classic literature that we will go over that is going to be linked to their character's background. So we've done one. We got two more to go, but uh, awesome. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, that's great. I think that's a really fantastic idea that you did there of you know, t- kind of tying them into some some very well known stories, um, especially given the kind of the nature of the the story that you are are telling in the world that you've you've crafted. That's great. Um, so I, I guess t- let's talk a little bit of, then about like can like conveying the. Maybe the theme or the the mood of the stories, um, uh, in relation to like you know, um, Frankenstein. Earlier, you mentioned um, it's a gothic horror piece, and it kind of has those some mm-hmm. themes that are sort of evoked when you just say the word Frankenstein, right? So, what were some steps that you might have taken, or that you did take during during that? Or you, we obviously we can talk about your other uh, stories as well, but um, to really. F- make sure you're evoking those same same thoughts and feelings that people have about the story
1: right i it is good to think about mood i'm glad you asked about that the when you're trying to convey mood when you know be it in a visual format like a film or something Mm -hmm. like literature as we're focusing ourselves on or, or music which is more auditory it's like where how is the consumer um, interacting with it. And so Mm -hmm. we are not in a visual format as a podcast. So I can't like have things to show them. So I have to, in fact, use the words um, to bring in these visual details. Um, And so it's like, what, what are some things that you would think of when Mm. you hear it, but then when you read it, what are some images that stick with you as well? And so, you know, these descriptions of a mangled body, of uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, the de- trying to describe the process of um, revivification or, or you know, bringing to life again. Um, mm-hmm. Where were they when they saw this? What is going on outside? Uh, what what is on the characters? You know, f- the facial expressions that you can do with that. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: great lines i have you know one of my tabs that i keep when i'm planning is like lines straight from the source material that stick with me that make me remember it very well or just seem so well put and since i want to honor the the authors as we're doing our podcast i want to make sure that i I put their words into npcs or you see it written on the wall or found Hmm. in letters or journals that your player characters can discover when they're investigating a room. So with Frankenstein, it definitely to keep up the gothic horror, you wanted to have things that horrify, that that make Mm. you want to shut your eyes if you're watching it on the screen. Um, With something like Moby Dick, which itself is known as a long, arduous, boring book to read. It's like, well, what parts weren't boring to (laughs) most people? What would people remember? And they know there's a whale. They know there's Mm -hmm. a guy hunting the whale. They know that he's Mm -hmm. obsessed with him. And so with this is like, how can I convey obsession? And so you, Mm. you know, the, the mad mutterings of an older man, why would he be obsessed? You know, make that motive Mm -hmm. clear from the start. Um, And so, bringing in concepts uh, that are great for D and D of maybe this whale is not (laughs) like normal. Maybe this is a Mm -hmm. demon whale and he's Mm -hmm. like linked to him and one of them cannot live while the other one survives. Uh, So you're, you're having some great concepts from tabletop role playing um, with magic, with arcane Mm -hmm. um, items, with uh, this idea of, there's something larger than us to explain what goes on in the world. And then I can apply it to these other stories. And so it, it is really something where what will my characters hear? What will they see? What will they come across through words um, that I can then use in the story for even the audience then to experience it at the same time? So yeah, a lot of, a lot of my first draft notes are just like sights, sounds, colors Mm. like like get those across it's like all right how can we mix them together
0: yeah no i think you definitely do a great job of um kind of using all of the senses in the descriptions of things as well you know going into the the castle and kind of getting a feel for it just from kind of the the description that you give right being out on the open sea and this massive whale shows up and what are some of the things that 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 evokes when that that happens right so
2: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah and and uh something that you you mentioned as well made me want to ask a little bit more detail about uh kind of the characters and bringing those more to life in uh in a tabletop rpg setting um you know, using some of the things that we've talked about already with uh, conveying mood and theme and so forth, you know, the characters obviously play a, a huge role in, in the story and people are going to know who, uh, you know, Captain Ahab is, who Dr. Frankenstein is. But mm-hmm. I think you've also done a great job of kind of, I don't want to say like turning them on their heads, so to speak, but changing them just enough to be sort of fantastical. Like Frankenstein, is, Dr. Frankenstein is a an Asmar, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you talk to me about some of the decisions that you made in um, making those changes, or uh, assigning things to the characters and figuring out who they were in a way that kind of reflected their um, the source of of that character.
1: Yeah, it it comes to motive, like what you know when I'm when I'm teaching these, uh, uh, you know, in my classroom, it's like that's that's a Mm -hmm. big thing that you come across time and time again to get to theme, to get to the so what of this novel. Um, that is what is motivating these characters to, to, for some of them to, to commit acts that are treacherous or horrible and others like to lay down mm-hmm. their lives for something larger themselves, you know, what drives them. The same things that we, well, we do for ourselves hopefully, but w- when we're <laughs> creating our own characters, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of that's just like, What is my character's background what is their bond what is their ideal and so on and you know Mm -hmm. what makes them tick and so trying that with and and just keeping it to a few npcs Mm -hmm. um it it makes it easier than to anticipate what they're going to do anticipate okay if uh for dr frankenstein if he Mm -hmm. is someone who had a great love that you know Elizabeth, who he, you know, was just wanting to dedicate his life to but he also had this thirst that he could not quench for achieving life after death and getting to the next level of like, for, for Frankenstein, like science or mm-hmm. um, discovery or, you know, knowledge what are some great classes that would align with that? And what are some, you know, great, like, okay, what is a rise and a fall? And you, you, Mm -hmm. for me, it was just this image of like, okay, Asimar, like with, with these wings, there's this fallen Mm -hmm. angel kind of deal, um, that he's in the depths of hell while trying to reach toward heaven. Uh, So that was, that was one like driving force of I can do these different races to convey the theme Uh, for captain Ahab. Um, I kind of did, since it was just the immediate next one, it's like, okay, I decided to make him a tiefling um, mm-hmm. because there is this idea of demoniac uh, lineage to their blood. And so is there a curse there? Is And so mm-hmm. if I have this demon well, has he and his family been cursed by this that he can maybe be driven? Like, why would a man be so driven that he would you know forsake the land stay on his ship and just hunt this whale um Mm -hmm. even at the expense of his his crew underneath him and so what would drive a man that mad well perhaps there's something more than just nature to it
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so it's it's fun to to um create those those bounds and i also know i'm working with source material as the well-known classic literature that is within public domain a lot of it Mm -hmm. is dead white guys a lot of it is like (laughs) yeah (laughs) a lot of it is is lacking inclusivity uh so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for that it's like how can i add inclusivity in here as well uh so you know one of the things we decided to do was robin hood great character Mm -hmm. but robin hood actually is a woman in ours you know and and she's Uh, you know, and because of that, kind of uh, a little bit of an homage to the <laughs> the version of Robin Hood that many of us uh, grew up with with Disney. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, and yeah, she's she's a fox because. You know that that's a great image of Robin Hood that a lot of us are are aware of, and so that's I mean, it's definitely of, the
0: best Robin Hood. That's there, so. <laughs>
1: uh, it's the sexiest Robin Hood. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll get no
0: argument from me on on that for sure.
1: Yeah, so it, it was it was fun to do that. Where it's just like, what what drives your character, but also mm-hmm. what else can you do with them that that is fitting for the audience that's listening now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's. Looking back to honor the theme, looking forward to, to our current audience and, and what we need out of stories and, and what we're perhaps thirsting for that we haven't gotten with the existing canon.
2: hmm
0: Excellent. Um, I also just want to take a quick second to admire some of the wordplay that came up with uh Robin's son Caruso. I remember when I was listening to the uh the Robin Hood section for the first time, and I, I think it was Bertram that just kept saying Robin's son Caruso. Yeah. Said it like three or four times over he a couple episodes, that, and I was just like home. rolling on the floor laughing yeah. each time. So, I, I, you know, GMs out there sometimes joke characters can be really great as well you know yes. or not joke yeah. characters but jokes within who the characters are yeah.
1: exactly no and you're like ah dad humor it works yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely it always always a crowd pleaser for sure yeah. or it, you know at least I enjoy the groans that you know come from the uh the dad oh jokes right
1: and so. I and I honestly love that we even now we still sometimes will get some direct messages or emails like to us and we're like I got it yeah. I see what you did there it's like yay yeah. <laughs> it was stupid but yay <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome um yeah and I, I do want to kind of circle back around on something that you had said previously um, as we were kind of getting getting started about the um your your players kind of taking some things off of the rails and going places that are completely unexpected so can you talk to me or you know t- tell our listeners a little bit about maybe some tips for how to like right the ship so to speak or find ways to uh, um react to players taking things off the rails and going in a way that maybe you 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 hadn't expected or hadn't planned for um while trying to again like keep the story to the story that you're trying to tell i guess
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's so i i want to i i try my best with my players to make it character based like the stories that we do it's still character driven and the Mm -hmm. characters that i want to drive it are my players you know i I want them to to feel like they not only have autonomy but also agency in the world and there's a buy-in to it and so i want them to have the freedom to do what they believe their character would do as as chaotic as it might end up Mm -hmm. um but one way that i do that in addition to the modular planning, like all right, you know what you want to you want to go for a dip in this pool and swim around and splash around, and now you're skinny dipping. Great, you're still going to meet this <laughs> character. Um, is to also provide stakes for it, so that you know there mm. are consequences to their actions that fit the world they're in. So if they're in, um, if they're in Chateau d'If, if they're in the the monte cristo prison you know it's like Mm -hmm. there there are prison guards and i'm gonna make the prison guards scary enough to make you not want to just run around and and have have at everything you can and just have fun for it so i i had uh beholders as as prison guards um for For like a Frankenstein, it's like there you can you can have fun in each room you go into because it's kind of a a, a more of a classic a dungeon adventure like dungeon for that crawl. one, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And you can have as many like fun ideas as you can, but there are going to be checks for it, and there are going mm-hmm. to be you know consequences that could either physically harm you or take away perhaps some cool things that you know you would potential allies or clues that later on then I would sprinkle in like there's a lost um, thing that, that could happen. You know, they're, Mm -hmm. they, you know, choosing to fight, for example, if they choose like, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling violent today. I just want to fight everyone we come across. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: Well, now that person that perhaps you kill is going to have something in their pocket that shows that they were a potential ally or Mm -hmm. um, that they were there to help you um, or that they had information Um, that they were in the middle of writing down that wasn't finished and could have been an important clue uh, for your characters so uh, Mm -hmm. it's not completely taking things away from them but it is showing like your choices even in this world are going to have consequences and even Mm -hmm. even though with that they can still it's still hilarious and fun and so uh, most of the time it ends up being a Better story than I would have done all by myself, and so even with those consequences, actually it makes your characters, your your player characters, more fleshed out
0: mm-hmm. and
1: more flawed, and therefore you attach to them more easily.
0: Awesome. Any uh, specific examples of a time that maybe one of your players uh, did something that was unexpected, and you had to kind of, um, you know, make some uh, an, an audible, so to speak, on on your part quickly?
1: Yeah, uh, we, so at the end of Count of Monte Cristo, they're having a final showdown. and mm-hmm. they, they want the way that they were playing was more of like a let's have the NPCs almost be human shields.
2: Mm. And
1: so I let them do that. And an important NPC gets very hurt. Ooh. and that NPC then will need to go back and receive uh, medical attention on their, at their home base instead of coming with them. In a way that would have helped them. And it wasn't until they were in the next installment for Oliver Twist where they were even like, oh, this would have been great if we had this person with us.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: We would have been passing these checks so much more easily and not have mm-hmm. to do all this work if this character was with us. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> That's right. And as your DM, I'm going to uh, pile on and tell you, yeah, you, yeah, you effed up my friend, but it's. Yeah. And guess what? Now
0: you're going to face a lot more of those challenges that they could have helped you out with. So sorry about you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like the show does go on and Mm. the story does still happen, but it it is also now incorporating much more hurdles for them to come overcome. Excellent. Yeah. So it's, it's still, it's still, just so fun almost in a in a i don't know in a parental teacher-like mentor way to watch your characters uh go off the rails and just come up with improvisations that you did not foresee uh Mm -hmm. i'm i'm seeing that now when we're uh we're doing the conclusion of great gatsby and (laughs) i i still am surprised by the choices that they make uh when Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even battle like we're not even like I didn't even tell them to roll initiative yet. I'm like, "You're doing what?" <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll see where this goes. Yeah, we'll like, see how this, we'll, how see, this we'll see if Gatsby survives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, it it is uh it it's fascinating to watch and there, there's just a part of you that almost separates from yourself and is able to sit back and and watch mm-hmm. almost as an audience member of like i'm 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 throwing the popcorn in my mouth like what what's mm-hmm. going
0: on yeah. <laughs> yeah it's always great when as a dm like you can kind of just be a, an observer as well because the players have sort of taken the reins and you're just like all right well i'm just you're you're steering the ship i'm just kind of telling you where you're gonna land i guess like,
1: right <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly
0: that's a great time um awesome uh yeah I guess you know I, I did want to ask you some of maybe your favorite sources things that you like to pull from I know we've talked a lot about like literature is there anything any maybe stories that you are wanting to tell that you aren't sure how to like work your way into or something that you really you know a, a source that you really enjoy going to to pull into and and make into a game
1: yes so many but the first one that comes to mind <laughs> so many especially those that are not in public domain like we're, we're mm, staying yeah. there so i'm like oh like yeah. Shirley jackson's the lottery like it's a short story but it's, it's so many like stakes are built into it um mm. highly recommend go out and read it it's so it's, it's it's done very fast so it's like a quick read but um it, it I, I like bite my nails when i when i was first reading it um <laughs> But something I keep coming back to is gothic horror. And I know part of mm-hmm. that is like my own preference, but it's yeah, so yeah. fascinating to make that jump from the page to the table. Uh and so before of My Cement and, and Monsters was even a thing for us, you know, even mm-hmm. before that. And I was just starting to dip my little pinky toe um into the waters of dungeon mastering for the first time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I ran a one-shot with some friends. Um that was based off of uh Edgar Allan Poe's Fall of the House of Usher Ooh, and nice. yeah it was <laughs> it was cool to see like wait a minute this is something cool this, this like is already it's already built into it and so Edgar Allan mm-hmm. Poe himself with his short stories are wonderful source materials for uh just turning into tabletop role playing games um mm-hmm. especially for those who have not done it before they're smaller they're self-contained they Mm -hmm. have a clear you know following of a plot diagram you usually have a big bad in there you usually Mm -hmm. have a little bit of mystery some cool items some you know some things that you can just translate straight into uh, an adventure module right there that you don't have to do too much um individual prep and too much homebrew it's kind of just mm. right there poe does it for you um, yeah and all very
0: bite-sized as well so exactly, like really yeah. great for like just cool i'm gonna make this one adventure out of this this thing
1: exactly uh so i would love to to run that baby again but um mask of the red death is another one that is mm. just so perfectly set you know with you're in a party and there's lots of places to go. It already mentions different rooms that you can go into with hmm. themes and, and color schemes and descriptions for each. So it's like, great. He did it for me. I got all these rooms. <laughs> Thanks, like, I know it's like, <laughs> where are you me. going in? And I'm yeah. to that. All right, here it is. So uh, yeah, Edgar <laughs> Allan Poe is, is a, is a wonderful source material that I can't wait to do for Oh man, ma'am. Um, hmm. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for that, and then I also started, uh, when I was getting, getting more and more comfortable with dungeon mastering too, I, I of course kept coming back to Tolkien. I can't help mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of that is, <laughs> is already ingrained into the concept of, of fantasy and in, even into the concept of dungeons and dragons itself. For
2: sure, um, and
1: so they're. You know, there was a, a gift that I was given by my husband. It's like an adventure pack called Adventures in Middle Earth um, okay. that was adapted to 5th edition. And it has some suggested um, stories that are already, you know, in it. That it has adventures that they made, but they also have like adventure hooks that um, mm-hmm. are based off of the Hobbits, um, mm-hmm. of the okay. Lay of Beleriand, Silmarillion, and other stuff. And so that it, it's really one of those for any anybody who loves middle earth and <laughs> related things can can lean on um if you want to run mm-hmm. that at your table uh so that that's just like a comfy cozy thing uh, yeah for I sure back to for the idea of like what makes a good fantasy story
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and I, uh, I i i'm really glad that you mentioned tolkien because i'm actually in the process of reading back through the hobbit right now And as I'm going through it, and especially in the beginning, I'm like, man, there's so much that I can just, like, take from this and apply for myself as, like, storytelling skills for, uh, you know, DMing, because... Just the the way that Tolkien sets up like sets up the story, then starts progressing through the story, and he's like, okay, well, this thing is going to happen, yeah. and they have some traveling to go through, but that's not really important. So we're just going to say that they spent like six days going <laughs> from this place yeah. to this other place, and then they got here, and here's where the story is going to take place.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I think you know there are even moments in in the book where he's like you know we could spend some time talking about like all of the time that they spent in rivendell but that's not really an interesting story so yeah we're just going to skip ahead and say you know here here's the important part of what happened at rivendell and then we're going to move on from there
1: exactly much like a dungeon master much like yeah. a, let's, let's get to the good stuff over here
0: <laughs> exactly
1: we're in the middle of a I'm in the middle of rereading. My husband is reading for the first time. Uh, we're in Fellowship of the Ring. We did Hobbit. Um, okay. And, you know, we're almost halfway through the novel right now. And he's like, stop And he's like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that we're this far into the book and they're not even at Rivendell yet? They're not even yeah. at the Council <laughs> of Elrond? And they've gone through, like, he's ticking off on his, like, all these things already? Like, these poor hobbits, like, are traumatized. I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, I know sure. we're we're not even at like the main thing like most of this was cut out mm-hmm. from you know the the film and so <laughs> yeah he's he's throwing a lot at them there's a lot of encounters to be had
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure a lot mm-hmm. of inspiration to be drawn uh when mm-hmm. it comes to making encounters from from Tolkien for sure
1: yes
0: yeah. yeah um yeah and I, I uh oh god what was I gonna say I had a point and then it just kind of went away me
1: um, All the time, my friend.
0: For sure. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, reading, reading through classic literature is just something that can be super important for, for a GM, like just going to other source materials and figuring out the ways that these people are telling stories and kind of how you can use those storytelling techniques almost, you know, at the table. Um, Like I mentioned with uh, with Tolkien there it's like oh well this part is boring so we're just gonna skip over it and get to yeah. the good stuff yeah um, like yeah there's, definitely. there's they so can much that you can pacing. learn from
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: for sure about pacing out your game um, uh, you know using the kind of like uh like fairy tale logic almost that the Hobbit mm-hmm. has to tell the story Um it's like oh it doesn't matter about you know the reality of things because we're telling this kind of magical fantastical right. story so let's right. let's not get mm-hmm. into that we'll, we'll we'll skim over that and just talk this is what happened it's fine it's fine <laughs> yes, do worry about
1: exactly. it exactly <laughs> don't worry about it unless you want yeah. a side session but we're we're carrying on with the main story <laughs> we're line. gonna
0: go forward with this right yeah. now for
2: sure
1: the last source material that i would highly suggest for anybody you know interested in we running games uh, running games in general but applying literature is is world mythologies you know it, mm, be it mm-hmm. greek mythology finnish mythology which is insane um even just delving into african mythology Mm -hmm. even american folklore you know and Mm -hmm. and things that are related with that uh, are wonderful examples of relating the fantastical with the normal and you know seeing these traditions that were i'm going to take these things that i don't understand about the world around me and i'm going to create stories about it to explain it Mm -hmm. that's what we do so often with, with our own stories that we are weaving at the table. And to see how they describe rise and fall of heroes and villains and uh, mm-hmm. the origins of things and uh, creation of fantastical um, items to you know just hear uh, just the origins of a people. Um, mm-hmm. So the more that you read of those, you can take them and turn them into a tabletop role-playing game. Or you can just read them and, and gain your own ideas for how am I going to world build? How am I going to have this NPC that's going to guide them along the way? How might I have fantastical stakes for them um, in this adventure should they fail or should they succeed? So definitely would, hi- I mean, Greek mythology is, is well known mm. enough and really accessible to find online, so I would say that those are just the and they're they're bite size as well, so that you can mm-hmm. go through there and see what what suits you and your fancy for your table.
0: Excellent, yeah. I personally love going to uh, the uh, the mythologies, uh, especially like Norse mythology and some mm-hmm. Celtic mythology. I'm looking more into recently as well. There's a lot of really amazing stories to uh, to pull from there. Uh, Especially about, you know, heroes and um, Mm -hmm. kind of the, not anti-hero, but like the jaded side of the hero as well. Like they are on a heroic quest, but there's this other side to it that uh, doesn't really get talked about as, as often where they're very human and having to make hard choices or... Um, you know, doing things that they ultimately regret for, maybe the ge- greater good, or you know, vice versa. So yeah, the Celtic
1: um, ones are great at like uh, really getting across, like even if you want to have like nebulous, uh, like it's not just good or bad, it's not mm-hmm. just you know uh, right or wrong. There's so mm, much yeah. gray in there. You, it's it is just speckled with it, and it's it's cool to look at that of like how do I convey that people are so much more than just you know light and dark and mm-hmm. that's a great one to look at because yeah. you're like this is the hero of the story i'm following <laughs> and yet they're doing yeah. this to the horse and like uh uh so it, it is yeah fascinating to look at so mythologies yeah. yay
0: yeah for sure for sure um yeah and i know we've covered a, a lot of details uh today and a lot of great advice from you today kate um any uh, i guess like parting words of wisdom for a dungeon master who's looking to take existing stories and turn them into uh, to a game setting.
1: I, this this goes without saying, I'm like preaching to the choir here, but it, <laughs> it is we we crave stories. We we crave something larger than ourselves, and when we gather at the table together to create something, create a story as well. Um, It it is only fitting that we have source material to pull from. And there are so many great works out there. And honestly, when what we're doing, uh, when we grab classic literature and then meld it into our own world for tabletop Mm -hmm. role-playing games and create a new adventure, we, in essence, are creating fan fiction. You know, We're doing something that's been done over and over again. And it's not just something where you're like... (laughs) I'm going to archive of our own, and I'm going to get weird and <laughs> twisted here. <laughs> you yeah. know, A O three, love you guys, but uh, mm-hmm. it it's it has been done over and over again. You know, Paradise Lost, Canterbury Tales, um, even Dante's Divine Comedy. Those really those, mm-hmm. those are even fan fictions, fan fictions mm-hmm. of the Bible, fan fictions of um, Greek mythology as well, and so yeah,
0: Shakespeare does exactly the same exactly. thing. So. Exactly, yeah. and so it, it
1: is. It is nothing to bat an eye at. It's it's simply taking. I love this story. I I'm intrigued by it. Now I'm going to ask, what if? Mm. What if? Frankenstein um, had a competition to really, you know, under the ruse of finding more bodies to, to turn into like, you know, new mechanicians. Um, Mm
2: -hmm. What
1: if captain Ahab was uh, and his family were demonically linked to this whale, and he has to hunt it down. What if uh, Gatsby was an arms dealer for the wrong people and through a party and there could be something sinister underneath all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. frivolity and, and glitz and glamor. So, you know, starting off with that "what if" and incorporating these famous stories, it only leads to the perfect plot hooks for your table.
0: Amazing! Uh, well, again, some some excellent uh, advice and a lot of great wisdom uh, that you've shared today, Kate. So, thanks for for coming on and um, and uh, chatting today. Um, I do want to let our listeners know how to find out about Oh, uh, ma'am, ma'am, and and uh, yourself as well. So, how can uh, how can people find you and follow
1: you? You can find us on Twitter and on, I think we're, yeah, we are on Instagram and then a little bit on TikTok. Uh, but mm. on all of those, our handle is at oh, man, man, show. You can also reach out to us on uh, Gmail. You know, we'd love to hear, hear from people. It's at oh, man, man, show at gmail.com. And then you can listen to us wherever you find podcasts. Just we are of mice and men and monsters and, you know, shorthand omamam. Oh, uh, and we are every other Wednesday, so every two weeks we have a new episode out. We, as I mentioned earlier, are currently in our Great Gatsby adventure line. Uh, we're about to record the actual finale of it next week. And so we're, we're going to see how that ends. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a cool thing for you to know about our our. Storylines as well is that once we finish a a novel, every time we finish, um, really the adventure force set novel, we will have a bonus episode, uh, a book report episode, um, where uh, we delve more deeply into the source material and talk about how we went about weaving the two together, our table game, and the the book that we based it on, and why you should read the book yourself. So mm-hmm. those are the other types of uh, episodes that you'll find um, on really our channel, if you come and check us out and we hope you do. Uh,
0: yeah. And listeners can't recommend the show uh, enough. It's really a fantastic time. Uh, so go and go and check them out, give them a listen and, uh, give them a follow, let them know what you, you thought of the show. And, uh, once again, Kate, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and hanging out today. It's been a blast. Um, listeners, thank you for, for joining us uh, along the way. And uh, yeah, as uh, as always, uh, please lo- let myself and, and Kate know uh, what you thought of our conversation today. If any of that was, was helpful or inspiring, reach out to them. You can leave us comments, ratings, reviews, you know, whatever you can, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, find me on Twitter at 19 hits the dragon. But of course, the best way you can help the show out is to go out and tell 19 of your closest friends.
1: 19, uh, thanks so much. I like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's the perfect number. Um, And yeah, again, thanks, uh, Kate. Thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Everybody take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll see you all next time when 19 hits the dragon. Bye-bye.